Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is our first ever Resistance Discs podcast. I am Scott Withers, here with my good buddy, Jeff Corns. You may have seen us on some audio coverage for some CH Sports stuff, or seen us around the tour life with the Disc Golf Pro Tour around the Northwest scene. We are super excited to be here. At least I am. Jeff, how are you doing tonight? I'm pumped. I love being on podcasts and doing this kind of discussion. I think we both have a lot of interesting takes, things we can share, and just cool information the disc golf community is going to love hearing. So can't wait to do this. Yeah, so why don't you go ahead and give the listeners just a little background on you know what we're going to be doing with this, how often, um, what some of our topics might be. Just sell them on the podcast. Well, for right now, we're going to start off doing every other week. We're going to be dropping these on Tuesdays. Um, me and Scott will be the main two people on the podcast. We might get a chance to bring in a guest every once in a while, maybe permitting on travel on the tour if we can get someone with us to hop in our mobile studio or, you know, as the tour swings through the Pacific Northwest, we might get some people on that way, Skype them in, you know, whatever. But we'll be doing that. Lots of discussions on current events that are happening. Uh, I don't want to say hot takes necessarily, but just popular discussion points and, you know, our insight, our opinions on them as both me being more of a spectator, I'd say, and Scott giving you that kind of touring professional or professional level uh, opinion on some of the things that might be going on, whether the things changing in the game or just news and disc golf. It's been a crazy off season. I don't know if we've ever seen so much player movement from one company to another. And um, I think as we go through this podcast, you're going to hear us talk mostly about national disc golf topics. And then we will hit on some regional stuff for the Northwest also, because I know a lot of our listeners will be um, regional to Oregon and Washington up here. But let's not waste any time. Let's jump right into a topic. Let's go. Five players to watch as we start the Disc Golf Pro Tour next week in Las Vegas. Yeah, uh, I'll start off, and I think you're kind of on the same page with me. We talked about this guy a lot throughout the whole offseason, and that's Chris Dickerson. He's probably, if not the top spot on my players to watch in 2022, if not the top spot, he's close to the top for me. Um, Switching sponsors a new RV tour situation, more manufacturer support. Uh, I don't necessarily want to say a more like active team environment, but I don't see like a lot of the prodigy players doing a lot of stuff together. I think there's a lot of camaraderie that we can both speak about on Discraft's team. Like he's just putting himself, I think in a more positive environment and I can't wait to see how he finds success on the course on and off this year. Yeah, I I guess we can go back and forth with this. That works perfectly. Chris is on my list. Um, I think it's a no-brainer. I think the not trying to knock on Prodigy, but I think the equipment that he's moving to at Discraft is a more complete lineup of weapons to let him excel on the course. Everyone knows how good he, how good Chris is. It's not been a secret. You know, he's got multiple Disc Golf Pro Tour championship wins. He's put himself in position at multiple pro tour events, NTs, majors, to really be the guy that people are chasing. To me, obviously Ricky moved away from Innova this offseason too, but I think the biggest plus 
is Chris coming over to Discraft as a move from a person. So he's my number one for the year. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like we said, Ricky made that transition of sponsors as well. Also in that top five player category, switching sponsors. I don't think Ricky has as much to necessarily maybe prove as Chris does. I think Chris is just wants to go out and make a name for himself and really build his brand. I think Ricky's kind of had an established Saki Bomb brand throughout the years, and we know he's successful. He was the number one player uh, pretty much it's hard to argue it. Like I could, you know, make arguments for a lot of players, but at the end of the day, I think Ricky's would be the strongest coming from me of who was the number one player. But Chris is going to go out there with, you know, a fresh bag, a good outlook on disc golf, and he's just going to be ready to compete and get at it. Yeah. So who is your second? Is Ricky your second or do you have someone else on the list? Ricky is not my second. Like I said, Ricky's going to be exciting, but I'm looking at players that I think are, you know, you should keep your eyes on that you maybe haven't heard of yet. Or even if you have heard of them, looking to them to make a bigger splash on the scene this year. And that kind of transitions me pretty well into my second player, and that's Adam Hammes. He was my tour partner all year last year. There was a lot of jump and success from, you know, having a couple A-tier wins under his belt to picking up his first Elite Series win. And then a second one at Maple Hill. I think Adam is poised to be a uh, top five player in potentially at the end of the season next year. He's one of my favorites to compete at probably all of the majors next year. I think they all set up really well for Adam's game. He took had a top 10 finish at the Dynamic Discs Open last year. So he's probably feeling really good going back there to Emporia for Worlds. He's had a lot of success at the USDGC. He's had two top 10 finishes in the past three years. I think he has all the tools necessary to compete at Winthrop. Uh, He's put it in a playoff with Calvin Heimberg before he really broke out onto the scene as an elite player at the Hall of Fame Classic in the end of 2019. So I think he has a great chance at WR Jackson at the Champions Cup. And if he were able to make our way over to Europe this summer, uh, the beast in Finland sets up well for a forehand dominant player. And I think he has a great chance to, you know, put some moves down there as well. And, you know, I think this is the year that Adam wins his first major. Yeah, you're going a little more on the top end player, I guess, as players to watch. I want a little more kind of a group of I don't want to call them dark horse players, but a little less known to the top. Uh, my second player to watch for this year was Gannon Burr. I mean, he was on tour at 16 years old last year and just seems to be unfazed by the pressure of it, or maybe he's young enough he doesn't understand the pressure of it yet and the situations, but he's got every physical tool in the world. He's big, he's tall, he throws a mile, like he's a great putter. I just, I look at a lot of these younger kids coming up and he's one that I think we really need to keep an eye on for the year. Um, some consistency in staying with Prodigy for this upcoming season. I think it would have been easy for him to try to bounce somewhere else, but they have made him a priority. Um, so, yeah, Ganember is my number two. Not a bad choice at all. I did start off with two really top-level players um, that are, you know, we're in the forefront of a lot of conversation this year. But my third player that I'm going to put on my list is Corey Ellis. Uh, Corey hopped on the tour 
in the middle of the year last year, probably around July. He picked up a big A-tier win in Michigan against Kyle Klein, and that's not easy to do. Like At the point of the middle of the year where Kyle was playing really hot golf to come into Michigan and pick a big win up against him, massive. Um, and then he continued that success throughout the rest of the year. He took a, t- uh, a third-place finish at D-Glow. And I think with a full-time tour set up on his schedule this year, he could be a candidate of a player to, um, you know, really make a splash with a lot of top finishes. Sure. Totally agree. I mean, it's kind of the same boat that uh, I'm in for the first time, being able to go on the road. And Corey, for the first time, being able to go on the road, he's obviously younger, but he's someone that we were super excited to be able to have join the Resistance Discs roster for this year. So a little bit of a homer pick from Jeff there is, you know, pumping up one of our new guys. But I totally agree. I, I mean, if we hadn't talked before and you hadn't had Corey on your list and I was trying to uh, incorporate some more people, he probably would have been on mine too. Just... I played with him a few times last year, and the guy led the Pro Tour in putting stats. Um, and that's the most important thing you can you know, be great at is we can all throw the disc, but if you can put it in the basket at a very consistent level, you know, Corey's got yeah. the potential to really bust out this year. And what with on that, I want to call out one stat because I don't think people saw that he was the number one putter in Circle 1X last year, but I think the thing that wasn't uh, shown – was the number of putts in Circle 1X attempted compared to the ones he made. And if you go back and look at it, the guy, he didn't tour the entire year, but just think about this. He missed 10 putts the entire Disc Golf Pro Tour season in Circle 1X. I can think of rounds I've missed 10 putts in Circle 1X. I'm sure you can probably compare it to maybe an entire tournament that you've missed 10 putts in Circle 1X, maybe. But this guy went on for half of the season, played whatever Disc Golf Pro Tour events that he snuck into his season and only missed 10 putts inside of 33 between 11 and 33 feet. That's mind blowing to me. That's incredible. Absolutely incredible. I'm going to move to a third player here um, with someone that won an NT last year. I'm going to go Mason Ford and Mason has changed sponsors. He's leaving Innova and going to dynamic discs. It seemed like that was a common trend this offseason dynamic really made a push to bump their roster back up towards the top in terms of talent mason's young he's got traveling partners that seems like a pretty consistent situation for him um, i'm sure he's getting much more support from dynamic disc now although obviously we don't know contract details for anyone but i you know i really like playing with mason he's a super nice kid he's someone that isn't necessarily a prototypical like six foot four huge super athletic looks like he could be playing wide receiver in the nfl type guy but sometimes there's there's something to that more compact body style and compact throwing style and everything to keep mistakes down and be consistent he toured all last year and i think he's ready to really make a push for it this year and he missed the pro tour championships last year ending up in 41st but i would really expect to see him more in that like 20th place line at the end of 2022 yeah like mason ford you probably like a lot of people probably overlook him as a player but he's a 1030 plus rated player i don't know if you have his rating handy but he's a like he's in the 1030s and you can't be a slouch and be in the 1030s the future you know when they like compare 
prospects coming into the NFL. They compare him to, you know, former greats and everything. Just off of what I can think of for Mason, I almost kind of see him as like a Kale Laviska kind of player. He's, like I said, not super giant, like athlete of a person, um, but he's just that s- smooth, consistent, well-rounded game, can do anything. You know, he's got the forehand, got the backhand, solid putter. I I definitely like your pick there. I think he's a good player to watch in 2022. Yeah, he's currently 1033. So yeah, I mean, he's he, got to be top 20 in the world rating-wise. Yeah, that's solid. Yep. Who's your number four there? My number four, and I think you're going to really like this pick, is uh, yourself. I'm picking you and my players to watch next season. You got the opportunity now to make disc golf your full-time job. Hop on the road, play a bunch of tournaments. You know, now you're going to show up at all these tournaments that you were taking top 20 finishes at with more than one day of practice. So we'll see if I, I mean, some of these guys win pro tour events sitting there playing for, you know, two weeks before an event. Um, I think you can put up a comparable finish potentially if you show up there one more, more than one a day, more than one day before the event. <laughs> yeah. So not flying got in you on, on Thursday. <laughs> Yeah, I've got you on my list of people that I think, uh, you know, looking to really elevate their game and, you know, prove themselves that they're, you know, a dominant regional player that can compete on the big stage. Sure. I'm sure we'll have plenty of time to talk about my game on the podcast or what I'm feeling out on the road and that kind of stuff. So we'll leave it at that for now. Um, My number four is someone that was in the same situation that I am a year ago, and I think he's got his feet wet, and I think he's worked his butt off in this offseason to get into the best position he can, and that's Ben Calloway. It's one of our friends. Um, Ben had a really up-and-down year last year. When it was good, it was really good, and when it was bad, there was some tournaments that I'm sure he would like to have back. And I think that with consistency, with the experience, with having seen the courses all for the first time, because last year was really the first time he traveled much at all. I think Ben is poised to, you know, really take that next step up. We saw him at multiple, multiple events be in it, like lead cards after some first round, second or third cards leading into some final rounds. And, you know, I think that two or three of those, events last year went great for him, but I could see it being five or six or seven this year where he really puts himself in contention. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him. Um, you know, he's a little older, mid thirties, uh, disc golfer at this point. So, you know, the maturity, you know, the ability to stay level headed through everything. And I saw Ben work incredibly hard after some tournaments that he didn't play up to what he thought his standards were last year and go out and really just grind it out. And I know it bothers him when he's not on top of his game. And that's the work ethic that you need to stay up with some of these younger kids that may have more physical gifts than like Ben and I do. Yeah. Another one. Great pick. I love Ben. You know, he's one of our, one of my best buds love traveling with him everywhere. And he's a guy that work ethic really speaks to, you know, what you're able to put out on the course. He's always working hard. I know he's been spending a lot of time in the gym, even though the guy's already a super fit guy. He just wants to be coming out there. Like you said, in the mid thirties at, peak athleticism because he knows he's got to hang with you know guys other guys on your list like Gannon Burr who's half his age so it's going to be I'm excited to watch what Ben does this season and I love that pick Um, but I'm going to hit you with what's your who's the number five on your list number five on my list is a local um, local Oregon player here and young kid that everyone got 
a taste of at Ledgestone last year. It is Cole Rodallin. Um, I believe, and this is my opinion, I'm not trying to put pressure on him, he's the one kid that I've ever played with in the Northwest here that I look at and I'm like, this is the next Eagle McMahon. Like, this is the next guy that at 21 years old, assuming everything continues to progress forward, is going to be either contending to or winning major championships. He's just got every physical tool in the world. He's got a situation where he's been able to start disc golf at a young age, practice every day. He's got a course at his house. Like, everything has set up to make him um, into one of the best disc golfers in the world. And he's taken advantage of it. So Cole is one of my picks for like guys to watch. And, you know, he's someone that could pop off a big win this year. It would not surprise me. Yeah, he contended at Ledgestone, took seventh place there. You know, first year on the road, taking a top 10 at a disc golf pro tour elite series event. It's really huge. I mean, those those top 10 finishes are becoming very prestigious to have under your belt. So love the pick. And like I said, I love watching Cole play locally as well. It's going to be exciting to see what he does out on the big, big stage for, you know, year full year number two. Yep. So my you last player. Yeah, I got my last. I got one more MPO player. And then I also got an FPO player I want to throw out there. Um, but on the MPO side, I'm again close to close to the team resistance crew. My boy, Austin Turner. Austin, if people don't remember Austin Turner, he started playing or he hopped on the tour. I believe in 2018 was the first year he got out full time. He was touring with big germ. Uh, he's out of the Charlotte, North Carolina area. And one of the best lefties, even with like the short time that he has like been on the tour scene, one of the best lefties in disc golf, um, of all time, massive forehand, massive backhand, all around solid player. He had a injury affect his game in 2019 he never really came back strong in 2020 or 2021, but Austin has been grinding. He's trying to get back onto the, uh, the tour swing. I know he's making a push for Discraft's elite team as well for the 2023 season. So I'm looking to, looking at Austin to see what he does this year, how he bounces back and makes a big splash. He played one disc golf pro tour event last year and he took 13th at Deglo which is, again, we're talking about those close to top 10 finishes at Pro Tours being really good. I mean, it's cool to see what he, I know what he's capable of. He's had top 10 finishes in the past and back in 2018 and 19, but I know he's still got it in him, obviously, seeing what he did last year, and he's been playing, you know, 1030 average golf through the late last year and down in Arizona, kind of getting his feet back under him, and I think he's ready to go this year at some some of these events. Yeah, Austin should be a fun one to get to hang out with some this year. Should be a fun one to get to watch how he progresses forward and gets back into the tournament scene. Um, you never know if maybe expect a little bit of a slow start, but he has been down in Arizona for like a month, just grinding it out with Adam and Drew and Anthony every day. So, you know, there's no better prep for the season than that. I wish I was down there prepping with those guys because that sounds a lot better than some of the weather we've had here, although the last couple of weeks have been really nice. So um, you have one female player to get to real quick, and then we're going to transition into our next topic. Yeah, the female player I'm definitely looking at this year is Alexis Mandahano. Uh, she got the bump up to Discraft's elite team this year. She's hitting the road full time with her sister Valerie and Mason. They all tour together in an RV. So I'm excited to see what she can do because she has been 
she was getting to a super like coming into that FPO ranks in like the mid nine twenties um, about four years ago. And then she had an injury, set her back a little bit, rating dropped. She switched sponsors, you know, worked on rehabbing that injury and she's come back strong. She got up into the mid nine twenties last year um, all the way up. Now she's progressed a lot and I look forward to seeing that continue and I know she's got a little sister rivalry, I'd probably say, with her older sister, Val. So they're always definitely pushing each other, which is definitely a great atmosphere to you know, have someone you're competing with always pushing you to that next level. So I'm looking forward to seeing what she does. Sure. And I would say if I had to pick a female, Katrina Allen would be my one to watch with the transition over to DGA. She'd been with Prodigy since the beginning, right? She was one of the few, like her and Kale were kind of like the holdovers from the beginning of prodigy and um moving over to dga obviously is going to be throwing a little bit of discraft stuff but primarily a dga bag and they're already making new fairway drivers and stuff for her as we've seen so um it'll be interesting to see how long the uh transition takes for cat to be back at the top of her game but i would expect it to be pretty quick because i know she works as hard as anyone so uh let's we talked about it during our players to watch but this was an idea you had, and I think it's a fun one. Um, let's give manufacturers some off-season grades because people change teams. A lot of big contracts were handed out, a lot of player movement. So you want to just go company by company, and we can uh, give some grades out. I'll let you start and pick one, and then I'll I'll mark it off my list as we go here. I am going to start with Discmania. Uh I gave Discmania, so I know that you said you gave them flat letter grades, and I gave them, I gave them like pluses or minuses or flat letter grades because I thought there's a little more flexibility in what I wanted to give some of these uh, manufacturers this offseason. But I gave Discmania an A minus. Uh, they re-signed Kyle Klein, massive signing for them. Uh, he's another one of those young up and coming players that are just overloaded with talent, and I think potentially. And some people are probably going to sit there in the comments and think Jeff's crazy for saying this. I think Kyle Klein could potentially be better than Eagle in the next few years. I think his game is super well-rounded. Um, like Eagle's, you know, got the X factor of distance and a super consistent putter as well. But I think once Kyle gets a few more things dialed in, he's going to be super nasty. So them securing him down for the long term is great. Uh, they didn't get a full A from me because they did lose Gavin Rathbun, um, another great player, but you know they missed on one of their own, keeping them in the house. So I gave them an A minus. Yeah, I gave Dismania a B. I didn't think there was anything wrong with their offseason. Kyle deserved to get moved up to their Sky Team and um, be on the same level with Simon and Eagle, especially not knowing how much Simon's going to play early in the year. They just had a kid. A couple days ago so huge congratulations to them for uh welcoming their first child into the world um kyle getting promoted they re-signed casey white which was kind of an under the um under the radar move so but that gets some points too casey's super solid and then yep. losing gavin i think they much would have preferred to hold on to gavin but at the same time kyle was obviously their off-season priority um and that's what they went with. So I give them a B. I didn't think there was anything wrong with their offseason. 
Um, let's go next, and we can kind of go with the ones that didn't have a ton of player movement, and then we can get into some of the ones that did have a ton of player movement. Uh, let's jump over to Latitude. I know you had some thoughts on that. I also gave Latitude a B when I was giving them letter grades for their re-signing specifically. I mean, uh, making sure uh, Kristen was taken care of and publicly releasing the figures, essentially, that she was going to get. Um, God, every time someone does that, it just helps us as players. Like Every time these co- contracts become public, it helps me and it helps Ben and it helps Adam and it helps you know whoever else is a player trying to negotiate or talk about new deals with, um, with the companies that they're currently with. But for them, Connor O'Reilly um, and Kristen re-signing, yeah, I thought it was solid. They didn't add anybody big, so I didn't give them an A. But at the same time, keeping those two around, yeah, it's great. It's good. So I gave Latitude an A plus. Actually, they got the highest grade on my list because, um, so they did resign Kristen. Like I said, public deal, great. That was their number. Kristen's their number one player, um, and most marketable player at their company. So it was massive for them to go back and get her for another uh, four years. Super big. Conor O'Reilly again, Elite Series winner in 2021. Great re-signing. But they did pick up uh, someone who, for most Americans, is going to go you know, over their head. They picked up, he's the former Swedish champion, one of the best players in Europe, uh, Linus Carlson. A lot of people probably haven't heard his name. If you go back and watch the Kona, or not the, it was at Kona Piste, the property they played at. It was the European Championships from this year. Linus Carlson puts down an absolute scorcher of a round. That matches Eagle McMahon's course record uh, at the Franz Ferdinand Disc Golf Park out there. He's talented. If he makes his way to the States this, at some point, it's a great like person to have on their team for latitude. So I gave them a really high grade because he has an underrated uh, pickup and someone big on the European scene. Sure. And I will be the first to admit, I don't know a ton about the European players. So you're going to have more background in that than I do. So if I miss someone, my apologies to them, but I'm just not. Not super cute into the European scene. So, um, all right. So, Latitude gets an A plus from you and a B from myself. Why don't you go ahead and pick another sponsor here? Uh, I'm going to go to MVP. So, I gave okay. MVP a, a B. They didn't really have any like players, I think, that they had to re sign. I know that mid year last year, they re signed uh, Raven Newsom. Uh, he's, you know, their number two player behind James Conrad on the MPO side, I'd say. So, you know, keeping him locked down, I think his deal was like a year and a half deal because he signed like a mid-year deal when he got out of college disc golf. Um, I believe he could probably correct me if I'm wrong. But um, he's, I believe, signed through the end of this next 2022 season. So he's there. They picked up Madison Walker and Stacey Haas. Stacey Haas is a young up-and-comer on the FPO side from Michigan. So I think she's, you know, got a lot of potential in her game. I'm be cool to see if she gets on the road to some tour events, how she performs out there. And then, but Madison Walker, not gr- good player, had a long history in the top level of disc golf, not as much as in recent years, but a solid pickup. So that's why I gave him a B. Nothing too much, nothing super exciting, no blockbuster things. And they didn't really have anyone big to resign. So just a flat B. I think I just saw yesterday or today that they signed re-signed Sarah Hocum for two more years. I didn't know if she was on not like if she was on a renewed contract or what her free agency kind of status was. 
Yeah. But I just I just saw that pop up the other day and I didn't read through anything specific on it. And it could have just been an extension. It might not have even been like a contract up. They could have just added a little more time onto it. But um yeah, I adding a couple ladies to the team, obviously MVP's still a little smaller company. They're not gonna have the same numbers as like an Innova or a Discraft or a Dynamic Discs or someone when it comes to the number of people that they can really take care of, but they have a world champ. <laughs> so, I mean, what more do you want? Yeah, um, yeah I, I'm fine. I'll give my third straight beat MVP. I think not, not necessarily bringing anyone new on board, but status quo and it's working for him. And Raven's an up and coming kid that's, you know, made some noise last year for sure. And I'm sure he's going to continue to do that. So I'm going to move from MVP over to DGA. Let's do that. It's been a long time since anyone cared to talk about DGA from a player sponsorship perspective outside of like Matt Bell, but DGA adds two huge players in Andrew Marweed and Katrina Allen and they lose Matt Bell. Um, but you know, it's going to happen. Um, you're going to have some player movement. Obviously Matt was someone that was with them for a long time and I know Matt a lot to the company, but you're replacing him with, Andrew Marweed and Katrina Allen, that's an A in my book. I'm, you know, I don't know what more I need to say about DGA's offseason. They are investing in players and that Katrina Allen signing two years ago, you never would have thought DGA was going to sign the best or second best female player in the world. And they pulled it off. Yeah, I gave DGA an A minus, just the minus because they did not, they lost Matt Bell, former Elite Series winner. Um, but picking up Andrew Marweed, who you know, down the stretch of the year, I think he ended off the year in like the UDIS world ranking somewhere between like 11th and 14th. He was way up there. He had a, you know, excellent season down the stretch from the Midwest through the end of the year. So super talented player. I think Andrew Marweed could be like another sneaky player to watch next year, see what he does. Um, but like we said, Katrina Allen, you know, the de- defending world champ, uh, going into this year, you don't normally pick the world champ to leave their team right after their title. I don't know how many times that's happened, but it probably has not been many. But, you know, Katrina's put her trust in DGA, and DGA obviously came through with something that swayed her to come there. So massive offseason for them. Really good. Yeah, great. Great. Even though it was only a couple people that they picked up, that's an A in my book. Yeah. For sure. And those moves are meaningful. So, you know, even if it is one or two of those moves, it makes a, if it makes a big impact, it's that's what counts. Yeah. All right. You want to pick another manufacturer here? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go over to Infinite um, retailer manufacturer, but. They, you know, they make their discs. They sponsor top level professional players. I gave them a B plus this off season. Uh, they picked, made some pickups. They signed Eric Oakley. They picked up Cole Rodolin, um, one of our players on our top five players to watch. Um, you know, nothing, no blockbuster like signings or anything. But you know, they made some moves, picked up some players that are going to be you know, key to their roster and Matt Bell as well. So, you know, those are three players that, you know, we're on top, you know, prominent manufacturer teams and they're over at infinite discs now. So congrats to infinite. on making that move. Gave him a B plus on this off season grade. 
Yeah, I might give him a soft A. And I actually, when we were doing these, for some reason, I didn't even list Infinite on here. But when I'm thinking about it, the Eric Oakley pickup from like a competing to win perspective might not be as you know big of a pickup as some of the other players. But from a marketability thing, from a promotion standpoint, from a everyone knows who you are in the game standpoint, Eric's a super huge name and he's going to help them move products. So that's a really good investment for them. And then Cole's the future. We know it. We've talked about it. So, um, yeah. And the one thing I didn't actually touch on that, I, you know, don't know why this didn't come to my mind immediately. Uh, infinite also re-signed drew Gibson to a one year player deal, but also started a new agreement with him to work on his own manufacturing line of discs. So massive opportunity for both drew and infinite discs to work with uh, finish line. You know, solid offseason. Really good. Yeah. We've had some pretty good things to say and some pretty good grades. I know there's a couple teams that took some hits. I'm going to go to one of them now. Um, Prodigy is not a winner for this offseason, if I'm going to be honest. And I know that they invest it heavily in one person, and they should. Kevin Jones got a huge contract through them, and he, you know, they looked in the mirror and said, this is who we want to invest in. So congratulations to Kevin on that, obviously. Um, But when you lose Katrina Allen and you lose Chris Dickerson, no matter Matt Orem and Matt Orem. Yeah. I didn't even think about Matt. Yeah. That's not a, you know, that's a rough off season. I, I gave him a D. What did you give him? That's what I gave him also. And I gave him that and I didn't even think of Matt. So I mean, yeah, I'll stay I, with I, my letter grade, but that's that's rough to lose three names like that, even if you I mean, do tie Kevin up for years here. I mean, Matt Orm is a top 10 player in the world. Um, and I mean, he kind of sneakily has been for the past decade. Uh, super talented player. You know, Katrina Allen fighting for that one or two spot on the FPO side of, especially in the U.S. And then, like we said, Dickerson, former 2000 or 2020 U.S. champion. The guy is insanely good, arguably a top five player in the world. You can't, you know, it's hard to sugarcoat the offseason with re-signing Kevin Jones and Gannon Burr with losing those three, like, players. So, you know, I think it, the only reason they got the D from me was because of those re-signings. Otherwise, I think it would have just been an F. Like, it's just not what you want to do. I get the investing in one player, but, you know, if something happens to that one player, you're going to be rebuilding. Yep, I agree. That's I'm more on the same page there. Um, Prodigy's not for everybody. That's you know, it's it's a known thing. But for the players that they have chosen to invest in, they've done pretty well with the company. And uh, yeah, I think if I would imagine them looking in the mirror, are probably a little sad to see three players like Cat, uh, Chris, and Matt move on. So. Um, let's let's do the same. Let's move on. I'm gonna go to West Side. Um, not a lot of action, but meaningful action. They picked up Matt Orem. You know, like I said, he's a top ten player in the world. Uh, big signing for them. Probably kind of not expected, I would say. Um, you know, they've got a couple players that they sponsor, and this is now their biggest name. So it's a great pickup by them and. I'm sure Matty O is probably looking forward to getting back to throwing some of the trilogy plastic he was throwing a few years ago. But Yeah. So what letter grade are you? Oh, I gave them an A minus. You know, I 
nothing like again not like super flashy but just one big re-signing or sorry one big new signing with matt orham a minus for me yeah i'm gonna go a little less friendly grade i think they added matt which is great and it's crazy marketable and is one of the really good guys in our sport they lost nico who won a pro tour event last year it just i think you substituted 1a for 1b nico and matt are not that different quality of players nico's a little more accomplished players in terms of wins um and love him or hate him he's very marketable in the sport yeah okay so i'm definitely dropping the ball a little bit i forgot that nico made that switch from or departure from west side so now i'm bumping him down to a b plus so i still i still give him a lot of credit i think that um matt orm is an upgrade for them rather than just trading off like players but did you give him an actual actual grade i gave him a c i just thought you're switching one out for the other sure you you got a 75 percent in the class you passed it your parents are not disappointed in you about it, but at the end of the day, you probably could have done a little better. So sure. Um, um that leaves us with what? You got three three companies got, left on your list? Yep, I got three on my list. All right, and we'll call it the big three for the offseason. And let's go with the one that I'm gonna say did the least at this point. And that'll be Discraft out of these out of these ones or the had the least amount of movement. Um I gave Discraft a B for the offseason. They kept everybody, essentially. There wasn't a whole lot of player movement. Uh, Haley King, obviously, was a member of not only Discraft, but also Team Resistance last year, and has moved on to Innova, so that we wish her nothing but the best and nothing but good luck, and I'm sure we'll see her out on the road this year a ton. Um, But the big signing, adding Chris Dickerson. I mean, so you lose a top-five lady in the world, but you gain a top-five guy in the world, uh, good offseason for Discraft. I don't have any any problem with it at all. I just, because of lack of player movement, not a lot of people coming in or going, I just threw them down as a B. Yeah, I, uh, again, we're both, like, trying to not sound biased when we, like, talk about Discraft's offseason as we're both saying this, I'm sure. I'm giving them a B plus. Like we said, picking up Dickerson, massive. Uh, they lost Haley and Cole. Um, but along with those, they also re-signed Adam Hammes to a three-year deal. They re-signed Paul Yubari to a five-year deal. Um, they re-signed Andrew Presnell. Uh, and then they've also got more up-and-coming players like yourself, Corey Ellis, um, Austin Turner, Alexis Mandahano, Ben Calloway. A lot of these players coming back for more. And I think you know, Discraft, their team is still the place to be right now. I know there's a lot of people who want to be on Discraft. Everyone, you know, obviously can't fit on Discraft. Oh, and then I'll, so I'm forgetting Missy Gannon, of course. I didn't think of her as someone yeah. being out of contract, but she was uh, re-signed her contract. You know, when you talk about the players that they re-signed and then the picking up of Dickerson, you, it's hard to say that they didn't make the right moves this offseason. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with the moves at all. I mean, keeping yeah. Missy around after the end to her year and bringing on Chris, or you know, maybe those are the two biggest moves or or whatever. Uh, yeah, everyone's. If you, it seems like basically, if you're on Discraft, you're happy with what you're doing and you're happy with where you're at and you stick around. So that was, you know, that's uh, says a lot about the company. Says a lot about. 
the relationships that we have been able to build with people. Obviously, we may be a little biased in this, but I can say it from someone who's been with three different manufacturers. Now, it's the first time that I've truly felt like part of a team and not just a sponsored player um, and then had a couple allies that like worked in the warehouses or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, so fine, good off season by Discraft. I don't think there was yeah. much. There just wasn't much to it. Just basically everyone that was on the team stayed on the team. Haley left. Uh, Cole left, like you said, um, and then Chris came on board. So it, yeah, super solid. Two left. Do you want to go the good or you want to go the bad? Uh, let's go the bad, and then we'll talk about. I think I kind of transitions. Haley King leaving, going here, and then we'll talk about players because a lot of players left here to head somewhere else. But Innova, I gave them a C minus. Um, they're, I mean, picking up Haley King, great pickup by them. Um, you know, she's, like we said, she's a really talented player, all the talent in the world. Um, so. That's their saving grace from losing the number one player in the world last year, Ricky Wysocki, losing arguably the most marketable uh, FPO player in disc golf in Kona Panis, Mason Ford, Elite Series winner in 2021, Valerie Mandahano, Andrew Marweed. Um, you know, those losses are big. I'm in of us. And a great place in the market to not be impacted by those as much as a smaller manufacturer would be is losing that many players, especially at that level. But Innova's lost two number one players in the world in the past three years. It's not a great look. Sure. Um, I have... I was with Innova for five years, as you know, and I have some really good relationships with some of the people that still work um, for the company and nothing but good things to say about my time with them. Um, but I don't know how you could view this as anything except for a semi-disaster offseason um, in terms of player management. We've talked before, Innova is the only company that's necessarily like bigger than the players because of some contracts they have with like Dick Sporting Goods and Walmarts and Big Fives and stuff like that. Like a lot of their revenue doesn't have to come from player exposure. It doesn't have to come from Jomez Muse. It doesn't have to come from other YouTube um, generated revenue, I'll call it. But you can't let Ricky walk. Like I get yeah, it. You, and I understand you, we, that the player also has a choice in this. But Ricky was the best player in the world last year. And Paul was the best player in the world the previous whatever amount of years and now in like you had just talked about in the last three slash four years you've lost both yeah i you know it's hard to be like i'm trying to put words behind it without just like saying it's terrible because you know the i i okay so this is like a random disc golf fact that i got from um someone who was working at it of a uh, this was like probably four years ago. This, you know, this, so this may have changed by now. And people who walked into Dick's Sporting Goods or Walmart's see these Innova discs on the rack, but everyone knows Innova's number one selling distance driver is the Destroyer. But they, I was told that their number two selling distance driver behind the Destroyer is the Groove. 
and people will probably look at that and they're wow. just like like what like it how no one throws the groove yeah but everyone buys one all these newbies they're coming to the sport they just pick up what they see in dick sporting goods they see the 13 speed on it and they're just like i should probably get one of those things that's the fastest disc at the on the shelf like i have to get that so if the groove is their number two selling distance driver and I'm not talking like on infinite discs. This is literally just for their company's numbers. Um, their contracts that they have with those big box stores have to be massive. Bigger than what we see, like just inside the sport from a fan's perspective of, you know, what the retailers are carrying and what they're moving. So, oh, I'm sure I'm sure that those contracts with those major corporations are. Yeah gigantic and good for them i mean they've they've obviously been the biggest um biggest name biggest brand whatever in disc golf the whole time and that's not probably going away anytime soon just because of some great deals that they've made but like we said they are not as impacted by players coming and going and that's not necessarily where their sales come from but for our purposes that's what we're talking about and yeah we're talking about player movement grades and yeah you can't you know you can't, you can't lose the number. You can't lose the number one player in the world multiple times in the same, like small time span. So, Innova yeah. always, you know, normally finds a way to sign someone and bounce back. So we'll see if in the next couple of years. I know there's a lot of people that are potentially free agents next year. Maybe they're going to pick up a big player next year uh, and add someone to the top of their list. But they yeah. are headlined with Haley King and the departure of you know some of the world's best players heading out or, so yeah yeah for sure ricky mason kona valerie andrew all taking off Haley coming in and real quick shout out to our buddy chris nelson who got picked up by yeah. him. so that got them up to a d for me out of respect yeah. for chris getting picked up yeah i gotta give some love to that guy um but also besides that some little quick re-signings for them they re-signed or they extended nate sexton's deal which is great for them from a marketing standpoint. You know, Nate moves a lot of product for them. Everyone sees how many Sexton Firebirds get sold. Barsby re-signed a three-year deal. But, you know, we're looking at the movement right now, and that doesn't those, – those re-signing such extensions aren't making up in my eyes for the losses they took. And those right. losses were, too. Uh, everyone to dynamic discs except for andrew marweed who went to dga <laughs> all those players we just talked about all together essentially all announced at different times or whatever um ricky mason kona valerie all leave innova all go to dynamic discs and for that and the signing of gavin rathbun dynamic discs to me gets the highest grade of any manufacturer for the off season. They took a huge risk with the amount of money that they're paying out. But we saw this with Discraft right when Paul signed, right? You went from having not very many people on the team to being like, basically screw it. We're going to invest in this top person and build a team around them. And it has been nothing but awesome for Discraft. Dynamics trying to recreate that this year with bringing Ricky in and building the team around him. Yeah, I gave Dynamic an A. I didn't give them the A+. They did lose Eric Oakley. So, you know, a big marketable person for them. But, you know, like we said, we're picking up talent in Ricky Wysocki, 
prospects and Mason Ford and Valerie Mandahano, and then coming in with the strong marketing, but also talent in Kona Panis. So, you know, really good offseason all around. They're taking a big risk. Got to respect that. You know, it's I don't want to call it make or break. They definitely have some, you know, some wallets they're going to have to fill now. Um, it's all up to them to make it happen, basically, at this point. But, you know, they can write their own destiny. Yeah, fun offseason, tracking players, moving different places. We had multiple phone conversations about, like, hey, who's going to maybe come here? Who's going to go there? Like, how do we get in on this with resistance? Who can we sign? And we are thrilled for our team this year to end up with a bunch of new players, but specifically to highlight Corey Ellis, Austin Turner, you know, as the guys welcoming them brand new onto our team that we really expect to compete at that elite level. Yeah, absolutely. So lots of exciting things. I know that, you know, midway through the season last year, I, I knew that Kevin Jones was a free agent. I knew some of the other kind of players like Kona was a free agent. Um, some of the other players left their deals early. I don't like, you know, want to go too much into that. Um, but, you know, we saw a lot of players that people were kind of like, even though Katrina say was a free agent, I don't think people were saying, oh, yeah, Katrina's going to be leaving Prodigy. I don't no. think anybody picked that to happen. Uh, but you had people like Kona who were time for a big for a bigger deal. So you can see that Kevin Jones off of like, I'm not going to call it his like, it's his contract after basically his rookie contract, his, mm-hmm. you know, big, massive deal. And I know he got like a major deal that I believe is paying him over 300000 a year guaranteed. So he's got a massive opportunity in front of him to, you know, make a lot of money and make this a serious job and living. Uh, so congratulations to him. He's getting the offseason grade of an A because he's getting paid, and it's <laughs> and it's and it's big guaranteed. You know, it's not just like pr- potential royalty. So yeah, players overall this offseason as a whole group get an A. Like it's yeah, you know, the sport has grown. There's a lot more money in it now than there was five years ago, and certain manufacturers have said, "All right, well, you're going to be the face of our franchise, and we're going to pay you like it." And for the first time, players like myself are now able to make this our living. Yeah. Like we talked about with, um, you know, deals going public. It's a massive thing for the sport. There was more deals that I wish would go public that I like no information about. Um, from just talking to those players casually. Um, and I think it's just something that's going to continue to grow our sport is, you know, more and more of this. I think even Ricky credited Paul's deal to the deal that he now has with dynamic discs. he, wouldn't probably wouldn't be making a million dollars if it wasn't for what Paul Macbeth was getting. It kind of really set the framework for him to go out and say to someone this offseason, Hey, I think I deserve, you know, somewhat like close to what that guy's getting. And dynamic disc said, you know what? You deserve what that guy's getting. So we'll, we'll put that on the table. You know, Kristen came out with a massive contract at latitude. Was, I think it was one of the, probably the first publicly announced female contract, um, for a year, $500,000 deal. You know, Kona went to Dynamic Discs and said, hey, you think something like that is in the cards for me? And Eric McCabe, their team manager, said, yeah, I do. So, you know, that got her the deal that she did. And, you know, that might not have happened if Latitude didn't say how much Kristen Tatar was getting paid. So it's really a great thing, and I do hope it continues to happen. I think Discraft and the Trilogy family has kind of set that precedent of announcing contract value. Um, you know, Dickerson came out and said that his deal for four years is a seven figure deal. 
And I think it's just going to continue going, hopefully, with some of these other companies that they're going to say, you know, hopefully when James Conrad resigns his next deal at MVP, he's able to say, hey, I'm getting paid this much amount of money now as a world champion. Um, you know, Eagle McMahon, and the next time he resigns with Dismania, or Kyle Klein, when he resigns another a new deal at Dismania, that he's going to be able to come out and say, hey, you know, I'm making half a million dollars now. I'm making $700,000, whatever. So we're getting there, and it's great to see that progress. All right, real quickly, um, let's transition from the national scene into something that we started for this year, and it's something I talked about for a while, uh, Resistance Discs, and a bunch of the tournament directors through um, the state of Oregon have re-implemented the Oregon series, and I think we're all very excited about it. Um, I'm going to go through the list, and I'll, I'll just announce what tournaments are on there, although if you're listening to this and you live in Oregon, you probably already know. We've had one event so far, and that was the Sanium Open on January 16th. We've got the Buxton Spring Celebration coming up in March, Hacking Through Hornings the next week, first weekend in April. We've got the Oregon Open at Milo MacGyver, the CH Sports Open, which I will run here in the Albany area. Uh, we have the North Umpqua Invitational, which is at Whistler's Bend down in Glide. We have the PacWest Classic, um, which is just north of Salem. Battle at Bachelor um, over in Bend. And then ORDGC and ORWDGC, which will be the same weekend. So Madison Tomato is going to run a Women's Oregon State Championship while Dizzy continues to run the Men's Oregon State Championship. And they're going to be at different locations this year. And then our final event of the year will be the Columbia Cup in St. Helens, and that will be at McCormick Park. Any of these that you're looking forward to more than others? you have any thoughts on this? Obviously, this was a project we worked pretty hard on together to get um, all the tournament directors on board and to get everything put in order. But, I mean, for the weekends that I'm not out on the Pro Tour, these are the events that I'm going to be focused on. Yeah, I mean... I'm looking forward to this as well since, you know, same as you, I'm not going to be at every single, well, this is the opposite of you, but we're going to be, you know, at home in Oregon, but out also out on the pro tour. I'm not going to be at every single pro tour event this year, like I previously had been. So I, you know, might get to play a couple more tournaments this year, have a little more tournament golf in my life. So there's definitely some, like I'm already signed up for the Bucks and Spring Celebration and the Oregon Open. I'm really looking forward to the Oregon Open because... Milo McIver, I mean, come on. It's one of the best courses in the world. So, you know, now instead of just hanging out at the Beaver State Fling playing some practice rounds, I actually get to play a tournament at Milo this year. So I'm looking forward to that. North Umpqua Invitational, that's always a it's a beautiful course and beautiful property. I love being at. I get to spend time there this year. Um, so there's just all sorts of awesome things that I'm looking forward to in the series. And then, again, like I said, a lot of these TDs, either have worked with other manufacturers in the past some are sponsored by other manufacturers it's really awesome that we all came together to you know put this whole thing together and you know have this little miniature tour of the pacific northwest specifically oregon uh for players to compete in and get some potential extra added cash at the end of their season yeah and yeah a couple dollars from every entry for the specific divisions that were decided on are going to go to pay out at the end of the year. It'll be a smaller amount, but it'll be something that's fun for us to be able to recognize some players and get some trophies out and stuff. Looking at the schedule and the map, I have it in front of me right now. The two that I am most excited about, which I don't know if it'll surprise you or not. The North Umpqua Invitational is number one, a weekend of camping at Whistler's, 
I swear I'm getting down there on Thursday this year and probably leaving Monday. Like I've always had to get down there Friday evening. Zach Jones has done all the work. I had to leave Sunday night with the new transition into being part of the resistance team and not working at the boys and girls club anymore. I can go down and make sure the course is taken care of and it's set up and everything and, you know, soak up some extra sun at Whistler's. So I'm that's, that's one on my top two of this year. And then the next one that I'm most excited about, and I love this event battle at bachelor. Mike Bayshore kills it. I know you've never got the chance to go out there and play this one. It is so much dang fun. Like I love the course up at bachelor. I love, the hard work that the Bend crew puts into it. It's just such a raw piece of property and it's such a challenge, but it's so much fun to get over the mountain for us and to be able to go over there and have a fun weekend in Bend. So those are my top two that I'm looking forward to. And then I'm not sure with ORDGC if we are going to be able to be there or not. Oregon State Championships has always meant a lot to me, but we might be back east for uh, the Pro Tour playoffs at that point. So we'll see. We'll see how September's looking, but yeah, I'm pumped about the Oregon series. I know you're super excited about it, and we've had nothing but great reviews from a lot of players for us putting it together. Yeah, I can't wait. You know, we've got coverage of every single one of these events provided by CH Sports, which is going to be awesome. We're going to see a lot of new, you know, you're going to see guys like yourself, Chris Nelson, Cole Rodallin, um, you know, a lot of these Oregon uh, reliable players that have been at the top of the scene up here for the past couple of years. But, you know, at the Santiam Open, we saw James Proctor take it down. So another guy who's hot heading off to tour this year to play some more events. And I'm sure we're going to see lots of new up and comers and young guns uh, that the Oregon scene has make a splash on some video cards, maybe new people to get to see and get to know. So it's an exciting opportunity for everyone, really. And it's cool to be a part of. Yeah, for sure. So that is going to wrap up our first episode. We'll keep it just under an hour here of podcast time uh, for our Resistance Discs podcast. And you can look for us every other Tuesday. Um, It's going to line up perfectly with the timing for our start of the year. You're going to get us um, the week after Vegas. You're going to get us the week after Waco. So we're going to have some things to talk about pro tour wise. We're going to get to catch up with a lot of friends that we haven't seen over the course of the winter. So I know I'm excited to bring this to you. So, Jeff, thanks for your time tonight, and I look forward to talking to everyone in two weeks. Absolutely. We'll see you on the next one.